Hello, I'm Alan McGuire, and this is Juvenalia, a podcast by Childish Saints. My guest co-host today is Ellen Tannen of Hi. Hello. And our guest is um, journalist and creator of Legless in Dublin, Louise Bruton. Hello. Hello. What are you going to talk to us about, Louise? I'm going to talk about one of the greatest horror movies of all time, Scream. Yes. And the effect that it's had on pop culture <laughs> ever since. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, how old were you when you saw Scream? First um, time. Oh, first time. Okay, well, it was released 20 years ago, so I doubt I was nine when I saw it. I'd say probably like 11 or 12 was probably the first time yeah. that I kind of snuck a peek at that. Someone movie. had a video and... Yeah, like yeah. someone's older brother or sister rented it from Extra Vision mm. and we all like watched it. Like, it's yeah. weird, exactly the same, black yeah. market thing. Yeah. And did it like, did you feel like it was a huge thing then or was it just like a good film? Um, I think back then it was such a big talking point. So even if you didn't see it, you heard about it yeah oh definitely yeah because it definitely changed the face of horror movies back then mm. like i think they'd gotten to the point where um horror movies were quite stagnant at that point because there was just so many kind of halloween remakes and so many reboots of kind of all of the big names and then next thing a movie like this came along and just completely ripped apart um what it is to be a horror movie and then just it was just so self-referential as well so it mm. was just um it was very meta in a way. Um, <laughs> it was actually. There's a lot of like references to like explicit references to other horror films and like directors even like and inside baseball stuff. You know? Yeah, that's the thing. Like within the movie, all of the characters are such horror um, horror geeks. So mm. they're like always re- like um, so Wes Craven created who would have uh, created Nightmare on Elm Street. And there's even kind of little like there's loads of little Easter eggs all around in Scream. Yeah. So there's this shot where the school janitor is cleaning up and. They're wearing a Freddy Krueger jumper. Yeah. But it's Wes Craven dressed up as Freddy Krueger, oh, really? as the yeah. janitor. Yeah. So there's all, and they happen so quickly. Like it's mm. not a really, it's not a long focus scene. It's just like mm. a flash. And if you see it, you're like, oh, was that? Oh, I don't mm. know. Um, yeah. So it's an, you need to rewatch to get them all or like read a post where someone has meticulously screen grabbed everything to find yeah. them all. Yeah. Like there's even a bit in, um at the very start of it where Drew Barrymore is being bludgeoned to death and her parents return back and the, the dad says to the mom, like, go to the Mackenzie's down the road. Like that's a direct line from Nightmare on Elm Street as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so there's just all these like little bits that, um, to the un- dumb trained eye, it's just another <laughs> line. But for people who love it, it's um, just really kind of clever little nod. Well, that's the mark of good meta stuff, isn't that? You can just, if you don't get it, if it goes over your head, it doesn't matter at all. Everything it's, is still, still as good. Enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, I guess, the scary movie films. Yeah. <laughs> where if you haven't seen any of the things in it, you're not going to laugh at all. No, because they bludgeon the point home. Yeah. Like, Scream, I've only seen it a couple of times, but. I was reading about it like for this and it was like what you were saying it was like they made a horror film that was like self-referential and funny and it like like was still scary but didn't take itself as seriously as all this, the remakes of all the slashers had before it. Yeah like it, it's it, the humour in it is quite strong and I think the humour that's in it is a very specific kind of 90s humour where like irony is just like laden throughout it mm. and it, that's something that I think a lot of kind of movies nowadays are missing where this, they take themselves too seriously um, or they try too hard to be clever. But this was just kind of, it was kind of cheesy and it knew it was, but the yeah. fact that it embraced it made it really endearing. Um, yeah. Even though there was like blood everywhere, but it was still endearing. Mm. Yeah. In like a gory kind of a way. Like the characters, like as if there were real people, they would be funny people as opposed to people who funny things happen to. So you could actually spend time with them and they would make, they're people making jokes rather than like 
you know, joke machines like in like a Judd Apatow film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that are just like your friends that are funny rather than like yeah. just constantly quipping because that's not like you, you aren't like that in real life. No, like, nobody is. But like when like, Jamie Kennedy like, drops into like an old Jewish guy voice just for a second, it's like that's what people yeah. do. Yeah. And um, well, do you know the whole scene um, at the end of of the first movie uh, where it's uh, Sydney and Stu and then Billy, who's her boyfriend? Um, they're all Billy and Stu are just like stabbing each other. They're, yeah. they're yeah. showing each other kind of how they spoiler alert how they murdered all the people yeah. in the movie beforehand. Um, but that whole scene was kind of mostly ad libbed by the three actors, who's like Matthew Matthew Lillard, Skeet Ulrich, and Nave Campbell, where. That they were all just like doing these bits. Um, oh, really? A lot of it was accidental, but they kept everything in because it's ev- really good. Yeah, yeah, because all of their reactions. Like, there's a bit I think where um, Stu like hits the phone across Billy's yes. head, <laughs> and his reaction was like, "What did you do that for?" <laughs> and that was like real, yeah. and they just said that was just really funny, so mm. he kept it in. Um, so yeah, they were all yeah. It was just there's most of those actors. Ha, kind of do- dove into comedy later on so they all kind of had yeah. that kind of element to it so it just made it more entertaining as opposed to like a really suspense filled thriller movie mm. it's like a few different genres in one like it's higher on the face of it but then it's like all there's a, a gas undercurrent underneath it is it scary yeah is it, I, I, cause I rewatched it yesterday and I, don't, I can't remember how it felt about the first time around maybe it's just because I knew who did it and who dies and stuff yeah, well, I, I do think Scary Movie probably made Ghostface the killer just a bit um, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like he's such like he's such a, like he's real like kind of bouncy character. Like if you throw him against a wall, he just like ooh, he takes around. a lot of abuse. He's like yeah. Mr. Yeah. Blobby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a children's entertainer or something. Um, but you know, I was watching. So I'd, I've seen the first one. I don't know how many times. I, it's on maybe TCM twice a year, and mm. I will always just put it on in the background. It's just one of those things that I can dip in and out of and I know exactly what's going on but the second and third ones I wouldn't watch that often um I do own them all on dvd all, all four of them on dvd <laughs> um so I was watching the second and third one during the week just to kind of catch up and I hadn't seen the second one in so long and I was watching it and I was kind of scared because it was just um it's jumpy like yeah you're because you, you know something terrible's coming like you all know someone's going to get stabbed because mm. that's the only way that people go down until the third one where people get shot <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you're just waiting for that like that force to come and mm. yeah it was done like so cleverly yeah, the second one has like the weird, like all the stuff on stage is kind of weird, scary, operatic. Yeah, kind of yeah, they're in. It's co- much more intense. Yeah. yeah, Sydney's in college and she's yeah. uh, do, in a Greek uh, tragedy and they kind of mm. play all of that in. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, it's, it is really intense. <laughs> well, the third one there, it's based on this film set of Stab Three, which is the movie within a movie, uh, based on all of the Westboro murders. Oh. So you have a, to- a total recreation of the Westboro. Um, kind of town (laughs) uh, that the first movie is set in and that's all recreated so like Sydney is walking through like her old family house and her old high school and stuff and she's like this is fucking creepy like getting chased through the house at the end and stuff I think well it's not her house it's the set oh okay it's like a it should have been made by Michelle Gondry yeah (laughs) yeah like with sets within set or like it's like um, Sydney Tokyo New York almost yeah but a horror yeah, yeah, well, they, all of the sh- all of the stab movies within the Scream movies were all directed by Robert Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so and like he's like credited in it, and even then, like that's just so like, multi layered as well. Because in the first movie, um, they were talking about if the murders were kind of um, if they did make a movie out of it, who would play who? Mm. And Sydney was like, "Oh, knowing my luck, it'd be Tori Spelling who plays me." And oh, then yeah, yeah. Yeah. in the stab movies, Tori Spelling does do it does play her, and. 
the role of Dewey, who's like David Arquette, who's married to, was married to Courtney Cox. Um, in the Stab movies, he's portrayed by David Schwimmer. And like, it's just, <laughs> who obviously played uh, so Ross David and Friends. So David Schwimmer's in, in three then? He's not seen in it, but he's no. he's mentioned in it. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's like loads of that kind of yeah. going on. And even like, who is it? Like Heather Graham plays Drew Barrymore in it. And then Luke Wilson plays uh, Billy. Yeah, so it's oh, just, okay. yeah, it's just, yeah. and then you see all these little bits and you're like, oh, I'd love to see the full stab movie, uh, wherever <laughs> it is, locked in a dungeon somewhere. But I watched like the Scream TV series that um, was oh, made. Yeah. Oh, God, no. it was so bad. Yeah. So bad. Um, like it, the first, uh, the pilot episode was like written by Wes Craven. So like that was decent, mm. gave you a bit of kind Promising. of... Promising. Yeah, yeah, and then it's just that whole thing of where um, I think on a teen kind of movies or teen aimed TV and movies take they take themselves way too seriously like nothing's really massively gas anymore in the way that like yeah teen movies in the 90s were i think for the fact that they feel they need to have teenagers playing teenagers because when, yeah. when we had like 30 year olds playing 17 year olds they could have all these great jokes about like sex and drugs and mm. i don't know there's just something there but like now it's, it's all just like so pg so the scream show was just like it was so awful so that was kind of the first of all the postmodern kind of horror films. Like, I know last summer was like a year afterwards or... Yeah, in around then. Well, like yeah. the first screen movie was 96 and then the second one was 97. Mm. And then I know what she did last summer was like 98. Was that for afterwards? And then yeah. I think I still know what she did last summer was a year, even a year after that. And we had Urban Legend as well in 1998. Yes. So there was just... Um, and Kevin Williamson, who was involved with Scream, was also involved with um, I Still Know What She Did Last Summer. And he wrote Dawson's Creek as well. So there was just like this oh, okay. like big revolving yeah. wheel of like all of these um, actors that we know. It like captured a zeitgeist then it must have because it was like Dawson's Creek was such a huge part of like popular culture at that time as well as all those like horror movies that you mentioned. Yeah, like um, Joshua Jackson is in one of the opening scenes of Screen 2 at Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy. Um, and that's how he landed the role of Pacey then in Dawson's Creek. Okay. Then there's this great bit in Urban Legend where he's sitting in the car um, with the lead character. What's her name? Um, I can't remember her name anyway. And they, he starts the engine in the car and the next thing, I Don't Want to Wait by Paula Cole comes on. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I hate that song. <laughs> so it's just like this, just like these endless like knowing yeah. winks to everything. Like, uh. <laughs> um, like there's a bit as well where Buffy Sarah Michelle Gellar is on the phone in Scream 2 and she's talking about oh my god Sarah and Bailey broke up again which is referencing Party of Five that Nave Campbell starred in as well so it's just like just endless it's, it's like non-stop fun yeah. sorry for the interruption um, it's me your old pal Alan did you know that the Heads of Podcast Network is a sponsor now well we do it's Bunsen and I want to tell you about the first time that I ate in Bunsen uh, you might have noticed that the sound quality in this ad is different to the rest of the podcast and that's because I'm not in a luxury Headstuff Studio. I'm recording this on a dictaphone app on my phone in Waterford. Yep, I live in Waterford. Um, that would be important later, so remember it. Remember it very well. Um, so I was going to Dublin for a book launch, and I asked Twitter where I should eat beforehand. Uh, my friend Fiona said Bunsen, and because her food recommendations are always spot on, that's where I decided to go. Uh, I checked her website, bunsen.ie, uh, first, obviously, to check it out. And if you really want to get hungry for burgers, go look at bunsen.ie, because my god those burgers so anyway I arranged to meet my friend Trevor there um, I have a lot of friends I'm not boasting that's just how it is you know um, but he's running late um, so he said to order anyway without him um, so there I was sitting in the Wexford Street Bunsen 
uh, just an old man up from Waterford for the day, unaware of what was about to happen to his mouth. And the burger arrived, and well, go look at the website again, it looked amazing. As you all know, uh, I've been into it, and this genuinely happened. Uh, I said, holy shit, out loud, by myself in Bunsen. Uh, Bunsen burgers are so good. God. If I lived in Dublin, I'd eat there all the time, rotating between the three locations of Extra Street, Temple Bar, and Ann Street, so that the staff didn't try to stage an intervention on me. But I live in Waterford, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. So please eat a Bunsen burger today for all those poor non Dubliners who can't. I think you should drop some screen facts on us. Screen facts? Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so th- this is a real fun screen fact. Um, so we're going to pretend like the fourth screen doesn't exist for a little while because okay. the, yeah. the, the, the original three, they just have this lovely kind of um, symbiotic relationship. Um, in all three screen films, uh, Nick Cave's song Ride, Ride, Red Right Hand is used for mm, very okay. prominent scenes. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't feature on screen four, sadly, because they didn't give a shit. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I suppose there's like a couple of really iconic scenes in the first screen movie, definitely, like say where Rose McGowan is trying to fit through the cat flap to yeah. escape. Yeah. Um, so Her death is so grody. It's so disgusting. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, uh, like, as a, like it's spectacular, but like, ah. Oh. Yeah, you can hear just like the crunch of her yeah. Yeah. The bones. Just I'm going. still really nervous of garage doors. Yeah. Because of that, yeah. Garages in general. Yeah. yeah they just seem to be death traps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Pretty much. And why the hell would you store your fridge in the garage? No. At a party? Doesn't like, make sense. Ridiculous. But um, yeah, she uh, apparently could, was so skinny that she could actually fit through the cat flap. So they had to kind of nail her shirt to the door so that she didn't keep falling out <laughs> as the door was raising. So that's it. That's a real fun fact. Um, but of course, she before she went to the garage, she made the big mistake of saying, I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Which, as anyone knows, that's death now. Oh, yeah. yeah. Death is coming around the corner. Um, so like, there's quite a few rules of like Randy, who's like the, the biggest movie nerd within the first and second movie. And then who kind of returns from the dead in the third movie uh he like gives like the rules of like ways um how you know you're gonna die if you're in a horror movie yeah. or in life maybe apply these rules <laughs> and see how you get on so like basically you will not survive if you have sex yeah that's like such a big no-no uh, you will not survive if you oh no you yeah you will not survive if you drink or do drugs um which i think in it follows they did both of those things and had sex. Have you seen that? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, I've yeah. heard that's amazing. My friends went to see it and they were like, they couldn't sleep for like a few days after watching it. I didn't find it that scary, really? but it was kind of like, a, it was a clever way. I think I kind of shook up the teen horror subgenre, yeah. which we kind of hadn't had and so, mm-hmm. haven't had in so long. But um, yeah, they, they all had sex and drink and drugs. And um, actually sex was a key part in the whole horror element of it. So don't, don't have sex. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it yeah bad yeah and then the other rule is like you will not survive if you say i'll be right back and i think even now like if you ever say that if you're like at a party or if you're at a festival yeah like what will happen (laughs) what element of today could be the day (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed um and then the fourth rule is like everyone is a suspect which by the time the third movie rolls around Mm -hmm. um like the trilogies are always the third movie within a trilogy is always meant to become the concluding chapter so at that at that stage like all bets are off so that was absolutely the case with screen through it was just nuts like yeah. there was just 
yeah, they they you can also in the tri- in the third installment you can go back to the original story, totally rewrite it, mm-hmm. and you can make the the killer in, indestructible. So that's kind of what they did. Um, it was mental, but it was still quite enjoyable. Like when I was watching it again, I was like, oh, this is much better than I initially thought yeah. it was. Once you bring in the bulletproof vests, like multiple bulletproof vests, it kind of gets a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like there's yeah. actually there's a really funny scene in it where um, I suppose mobile phones are getting more popular kind of by that stage. So uh, the third movie was released in 2000. Um, so there was like a scene where I think um, Gail Weathers gets a phone call on her like on her cell phone. And then there's like looking around at anyone who's holding a cell phone. And like, it's <laughs> like that just uh, wouldn't happen now. No. Well, like they tried to do that with. In a way, with the screen TV series, the way that they did it was kind of clever. Where, like, the other way, in a lot of any TV shows or movies, whenever they kind of bring in like Twitter or Facebook or social media, mm. that yeah. it's done really badly and weird, like pop ups of like the tweets and like on the screen beside the person on the phone. It's weird. Yeah, like yeah. it's just it's just not done very well. But um, they did manage to use kind of their kind of mobile phones in the TV series quite well. Like it wasn't very in your face. Like. Hey, we're kids. We're cool. We're hip. We, yeah. we, we got our cell phones. We text, yeah, big yeah. deal. <laughs> what, what's it? I'm just I aming here, mom. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that was done quite cleverly. But um, it's even in the case of they always have like a movie nerd in it, and I think as time goes on, it becomes really badly. Um, kind of documented they wear those kind of uh cameras around their heads not like a gopro but i don't know some sort of like bluetooth filming yeah. thing that they always bring in like it was in scream four and then it was in the tv series and like i know people that like make movies and make yeah. videos mm-hmm. but none of them have permanent permanently have like, like a head camera head. attached to their head no. so it's like you guys are movie makers <laughs> look at yourselves yeah. <laughs> this is what you're portraying yourselves to be so it's like um Cabin in the Woods is kind of like that where there's the guy who like knows all the horror tropes and like nobody believes him and stuff and then in the end he's the one that lives I can't remember that was a really nobody good. lives in that yeah, like, oh, the big God. hand comes out at the end and smashes oh, yeah. the world's pieces oh yeah. no that really went insane like that yeah. was yeah because <laughs> it was like it was like solid 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 what as soon as those elevators open and just yeah. everything happens at once mm. yeah, yeah. It, it's like kind of when you understand it's like have you seen Insidious yeah. No, as but, soon as you see what the bad guy Insidious is, you're like, well, this is just an episode of Goosebumps now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty much like Say Cheese and Die or something. Like, it's just, I think it's with horror films, everyone doesn't everyone always say like the scariest bit is because you don't know what the monster looks like. Yeah. All the time, or you don't like the threat is like unknown. And then when you find out, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I suppose nothing can ever create what's as terrifying as what's in your imagination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt that with the Babadook as well. I haven't seen that. Um, yeah like loads of people are like oh one of the best thrillers to come out in years mm. but like the demon is so ridiculous looking yeah. and I remember it's amazing when you're in the cinema and you've got like good crowd participation as soon as like the bad guy was shown in the Babadook we were like oh for god's sake like you could, <laughs> you could just hear this just Everyone's like, like groan like yeah, yeah. Yeah, but whoever, any other people I know that saw it in a different screening were just like, that was terrifying. And we're like, oh, I don't know what you were drinking that night. Not that good. What does it look like? Um, kind of like old Greg from The Mighty Boosh. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like, terrifying. In an overcoat, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. yeah, I know Noel Fielding was probably some people's idea of absolute horror, but no, it didn't. No, I love Noel Fielding. Didn't do it for me, sadly. No, he's not very scary looking. Uh, no, well, he is aging pretty terribly, so that's <gasps> what happened there. Ah, oh, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way all the pretty boys go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so sad. Um, so I read that when Kevin Williamson sold 
the script, the script for Scream. He had five pages on Scream 2 and Scream 3 written out already, which is a genius idea for one. But I think it might have hampered him a bit. I don't know, because he, he ended up not writing 3 anyway. Yeah, um, there was there was so many rewrites with it as well, because mm. um, the media kind of frenzy that surrounded Scream initially was just so big. So it was like one of the biggest like opening weekends for like a horror movie, I think, ever. Um, and then, of course people then blame Scream on a lot of kind of like high school um, kind of shootings oh, or killings. Down Scream too, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, really? Did they think that it was like an influence? Yeah, they thought that there was a lot of copycat killers. So oh, wow. it was just one of those, it was a, like it was a big, big topic for years and then the effect that it's had on like teenagers and how they think but it's like, well, people are being killed in movies and TV shows all the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, with the second and third movies, um, well, no, with the third movie, they had like th- they'd filmed three alternate endings and they didn't tell any of the actors which one was going to be the actual ending. So none of them actually knew who the killer was. And it was the same with um, Scream 2 as well, where they changed um, like they changed the script and the ending with only like 10 days notice for everyone. So it was just, like there was just, like constant rewrites. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Kevin Williamson, I think, wasn't on board for the fourth one either. Um, but yeah, I think things became a bit tense yeah. between Wes, <laughs> Wes and Kev. <laughs> uh, but like, luckily, Kev had Dawson's Creek. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, which it's was a pretty good fallback to have. Pretty like roaring Solid. success. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, which is really unfortunate, though, is Wes Craven's last movie that he directed was Scream 4. Yeah. Like, that was just... Um, you deserve better. That was sad. Yeah. And when the, did that come out? Uh, 2011. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's pretty grim, actually. Because mm. I remember, like, I, did, I had no interest in seeing it. But, like, even then, the reviews, like, would put anyone who was interested off. Because everyone was just like, this is, like, a disservice to the original, like. Um, it was, I think they kind of tried to recreate an element of it well like it's one of the best things about Scream is just all of the faces that you kind of sort of recognise in it so like you're IMDb like every single actor and you're like oh it's that guy like that's just that constant thing and I think in the opening like 10 minutes of Scream 4 you see like Kristen Bell you see Anna Paquin you see um, Coach Taylor's daughter from Friday Night Lights um, just like all these people like um, all these and then there's people from like Pretty Little Liars and 90210 just like just like this constant like Rolodex of like famous faces Um, and that was yeah it didn't take itself too seriously but also it just it tried too hard to be gas but and it just wasn't really like how could you ever how could you ever be as funny as the first uh, couple so the two killers thing. Mm. I don't think that was done before. Ever, really. Yeah, it's... I don't know. It was kind of a... Yeah, it was a funny way to... Yeah, I suppose it just... It's that whole element of like keeping the audience guessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, for the first two movies, there was, like, two killers... Um, so um, again, if you haven't seen it, spoilers. Uh, but yeah, so it was like it was like a tag team, and that was the only way that it could really work. So, mm. um, especially in the first one, um, you think from the very beginning that Billy, Sydney's boyfriend, is like the murderer. So he just has this like awful, uh, like greasy bad boy aesthetic bad going on. Yeah, bad, yeah. bad, bad <laughs> vibes. So he always just happens to be at the scene of the crime in time to come and rescue Sydney. But of course, it's like old pal Stu was the one who was doing all the phone calls. So mm. people could kind of check in and out and like keep dodging bullets. And then actually like Scream 2 was probably the, the maddest of them all because um, you've got um, Jackie from Roseanne yeah. uh, <laughs> who plays um, like a local reporter and she end up, ends up being kind of the mastermind b- uh, behind the whole 
murders again in this because she turned out to be Billy's mother from the first one and oh. then yeah and then hired like a college student uh oh what's the name of that actor um oh balls the character's called Mickey no it's actually it's Derek it's Jerry O'Connell oh no oh. Mickey sorry Mickey yeah, yeah. yeah. Timothy Oliphant who yeah. oh it is isn't it yeah, yeah you, you, this is a sex Timothy in the, Oliphant is in it sex in the city fun fact who did he play <laughs> oh I've no idea oh damn it he was a Carrie Bradshaw's like college boyfriend oh right yeah I'm from I love him damages. Ah, okay. He's, He's also, also in Go, which features Katie Holmes and uh, Scott Wolf. <laughs> so <laughs> Good old Scott Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> Still going strong. Um, yeah, so she basically, she was Billy's mother. And then to seek revenge against Sydney, she hired a college student to come in and stage all of these murders so then that she could swoop in and get the fame. I don't know. Fame kind of became a weird uh, theme for all mm-hmm. the movies where yeah, all, all of the killers too. wanted to like achieve instant glory. Notoriety. Um, yeah, but yeah. like Sydney will always win in the end, which mm. is evident in all four of the movies. Yeah. yeah, She's always the last one standing. And never a suspect. <laughs> what does she do? Is Nev Campbell in Scream 4? Yeah, she's... Uh, yeah, so what happens in Scream 4 is they go back to Westboro mm-hmm. and... It's kind of focuses around um, it's Emma Roberts uh, who plays like the lead character and she is Sydney's little cousin and um, that her mother is Sydney's aunt who is also the mother from Donnie Darko. Um, yeah, <laughs> just so, yeah. so many people. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's how that's kind of really loosely interlinked. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not the best, but like the best thing actually about Scream Four is Courtney Cox. She is just so good in that role, like yeah. just an absolute like badass bitch. Mm. Really, really funny. Um, so like it was great to kind of see her. If everything, if all the other characters were a bit flat in that, at least we still got Courtney Cox. I like her in Scream because it's so different as a character to like what she's known as, like in terms of Monica from Friends, because Monica really annoys me. Like, but when you see her as Gail Weathers, it's like. She gets to be way more like quippy and stuff, whereas Monica is kind of just her whole comedy is like that she's like really like anally retentive and like tidy and annoying. <laughs> yeah, Weathers is a lot more in control. Yeah. There's like this, yeah, kind of control at the center of, of her. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good in it, actually. I kind of hadn't appreciated her, I think, when I watched when I was younger, but on the rewatch, she is great in it. Yeah, like the comedy yeah. timing that she has in Scream is mm. just like so much better than anything she ever did in Friends. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, is that the script? And like, like the part that she, like she had a bit more freedom, maybe. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. you could have just been like a, I don't know, your really stereotypical local reporter. I don't yeah. know, or show up like an April O'Neil cat suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be like, I'm going to take these bad guys down. <laughs> but yeah, she was just really, um, just harsh and to the point. Fantastic. But also actually Courtney Cox and David Arquette, there's another fun fact from Scream. They met and fell in love on the set of the first Scream movie, dated for the duration of Scream 2, and then were married by the time Scream 3 was filmed. They even cut their honeymoon short to film Scream 3, but the, by the time Scream 4 came around, they were separated. Yeah. yeah, so that's, yeah, it's actually the demise of their relationship. Yeah, the rise yeah. Of within all the, the quadrilogy. Yeah, so maybe yeah. no more. I don't want to know what happened no. to the Courtney Cox or cats. No. Yeah, they've they've suffered enough. Last I heard, she was like engaged to that guy from Snow Patrol, but I don't think that's happening anymore. Yeah, I read recently it's on the rocks for Courtney and Johnny. Oh. <laughs> I hate that I know this. Yeah, I know, but you're like, I hope they could make it. Yeah. <laughs> I just want her to be happy. Yeah, now. yeah, like Britney Spears. Oh, <laughs> that's like another topic. For yeah, another yeah. long, long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the yeah, I think even in that era, like. I feel really like sorry for like teenagers today because they've such shit to watch. Like mm. there's, I don't know, 
There's what is there? <laughs> I know a lot of people that like like my sister's friends would watch like Pretty Little Liars and stuff like that. But like my sister's tried to watch it and she's like, it's grand. Like my sister watches like there's nothing for that age that's kind of worth watching. Like my sister would watch like Orange New Black or like Suits or things like that. But there's it's like that specific like teen market doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, um, like I think I would argue for the exception of Mean Girls. I'd argue that the last great teen movie from that period is Bring It On, which was like kind of yeah. 2001. Mm. Um, and maybe Save the Last Dance-ish, but that's not even a comedy. Yeah, that was that was too serious. Um, yeah, but it has to be kind of like, I think that type of thing has to be funny. Bring It On is so good. So, so good. I love yeah, it. like that, that was, I think it was like it's, um, oh, there was a great like oral history of that recently and oh, oh the really? hijinks the cast got up to, oh. arrested in Mexico and uh, being drunk and disorderly. Oh, yeah. Really I feel like any it. cast with a lot of young people in it is. Yeah. I'd say it's like the Olympic Village. Just yeah. Yes. <laughs> I remember reading an anonymous piece about the Hunger Games set. Oh, go it's, on. It's, it, it, it sounded nuts. It yeah, really? just everybody cheating, everybody stoned, oh. everybody just sexing. Yeah. Sexing all around him. Helps me bonanza. Well, yeah. actually, Direction. well, Freddie yeah. Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar, they met on the set of I Know What You Did Last Summer and, you know, they're still very happily married. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. he's a, he's like got a cookbook out. Freddie Prince. Freddie Prince, yeah. A good man. <laughs> yeah. He's just finding different avenues or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. he had an awful TV show for a while called Freddie. And I had Brian Austin Green from the original Beverly Hills 90210 on it as well. And it was just like grim. It was just like these two men who were probably trying to act like they were 10 years younger than they were. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was kind guys of... guys about town kind of thing. Oh yeah, like just, <laughs> just two bachelors having a crazy time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was really sad. They both have children, like, you know. Oh, yeah, it's like, Freddie, you know, you can be a stay-at-home dad. Let like, yeah. Sarah do all the work. That's yeah. <laughs> fine. No hard minute, like just the Buffy royalties are going to keep coming in, keep like. on coming. But she's agreed, to, or she's signed on to. There's like a Cruel Intentions TV show starting mm. soon, which could be really good or really really bad. But I think it'll yeah. be really bad, as in like you will watch it and enjoy it. Like it'll be like junk food in that way. You'll be like, yeah, I need more of this. Yeah. Well, I feel the fact that she's agreed to play to reprise the role mm. of Catherine means that it's got some sort of a stamp of approval. Reese Witherspoon's um, like nah, but I'm sure she's just busy. she's busy, you know, being an yeah. Oscar winner. Yeah, and, you know. You can't imagine what bring those two characters back together as well. So you kind of have to have just one of them. Yeah. Well, especially when yeah. Sebastian dies. I yeah. mean, what what could possibly connect the two anymore? Yeah. Yeah, just yeah, times passed that they can maybe yeah. smile fondly <laughs> about. You know, get a little bit weepy, but that's about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give each other a nod, like of like acknowledgement when they see each other, but not speak. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to New York in September, and I'm going to go see the place where Sebastian got knocked down. Great. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait. Picture yourself like on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I'm raging. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think of that when I was in New York. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, that, Who and am Ghost, I? that and the Ghostbusters fire station. There was the two things. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can yeah. try to recreate that lovely scene. It's like the kissing scene in Central Park. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. Do the scary movie version. Or no, not another teen movie version where it's just like saliva. Oh, yeah. Saliva galore. That is the one good parody film, I think. Not another teen movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it hasn't aged fantastically well, but it is funny. And it kind of, it has affection for the things, I think. Yeah, well, I actually do think that Scary Movie as well was kind of bang on. Like it, it, the first like one. Scary yeah. Movie yeah. one, it was yeah, yeah. yeah, I couldn't yeah. tell you anything about, how many are there? Is it like four? four I feel like it's up to five at this point. Oh yeah, because Charlie Sheen was in yes. one, wasn't he? Yeah, mm, okay. Yeah. yeah, but like the first one was pretty damn good. Mm. And um, yeah, it was just, there was like this great kind of turning point that, of like kind of teen genres as well that it kind of got as well with another 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 teen movie like it was um just before kind of american pie and all that started yeah so it was really just like teen 
teens ruled the world like for a period and yeah it's just, it's really weird how that, even though they weren't teens they were all like actors in their ter- 30s but the films but, are totally aimed at teenagers oh yeah well like I watch. still like I own probably every single one oh, on yeah. DVD yeah but it's, it's actually really weird like I never really thought about how they just disappeared until you made the point like they, they, they don't make them anymore they, there's no market anymore for them really yeah I kind of feel like maybe people are a little bit too precious because there's so many like you, you couldn't really have a party scene with teens really anymore getting absolutely hammered I know in Easy A they do allude to them getting really drunk yeah um yeah. Super bad is kind of all about that, but th- yeah. there's a yeah. there's like two films, yeah, yeah. And both Whereas Emma like, Stone actually as well, yeah, Emma Stone. Her party, first party movie queen. ever was super bad, yeah, yeah. So well done, her. Yeah, yeah, like, it, but yeah, that's not even a teen movie, really, because it's not. It's similar to episode yeah. comedy, yeah, because yeah, you got the older lads involved, yeah, yeah. and the like the bit with like Seth Rogen where it's like the, he's the police guy, you know, like that. It's the scenes are too long for it to be like a classic scene yeah. movie. That, you know the way in an appetite movie that like have a scene where they just keep riffing on the one joke for like <gasps> Stop it kills yeah. me. I hate yeah, it yeah. so much. Whereas like I think all those other like teen movies, the scenes are way shorter. It's so much quicker paced and stuff than something like Super Bad, where it's like meandering, but you enjoy it, but it's not the same kind of film at all. Yeah, like I, I do. That's that's something that really annoys me about kind of American comedy at the moment. It's that whole thing of just like you could have done maybe another editor for that scene, yeah. which is just you guys just trying to figure out which joke lands, but uh, but you go for seven in a row yeah, instead. It's a funny competition, and that's like you should just do the best one. That's what you should do. Tell a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, stop trying to get these one-liners that we're yeah. all going to. I don't know, get printed in t-shirts and stuff, but. Um, <gasps> That's probably why. Yeah, merchandise. Merch, yeah. <laughs> God damn. I mean, like, where was the As If t-shirts when like, Clueless was released? None. Not there were none, no. my friends. No. Do you think that Clueless is a team? Like, it's like... Oh, yeah. The same way. Yeah, no, I would kind of consider Clueless... Um, Clueless and 10 Things I Hate About You kind of really up there when it comes to, like, mm. top teen movies. Yeah. And or she's all that. Best of all time, well. really. Or best of all time. I like, love let's 10 go Things I Hate About You so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I actually song. hate that movie. Really? really? Yeah. Oh. I think I was, uh, I saw it at the wrong time. I felt like... There's it, no wrong time. <laughs> I just thought it seemed really dated. Oh, shit. For some reason, Julia Stiles just wrecked my head in it. Do you know the kind of way when you have, like, an actress where you're like, I can't watch you, like, I can't do it. Is it that thing where someone's is into kind of the same things as you in a film, but they're slightly annoying. Yeah. So she's into like, like bikini like kill and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. I think kind of as well with, um, there's like this great tale of the underdog in kind of nineties movies as well, yeah. where even though. Like never been kissed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like we were like seeing glimmers of kind of the, um, of the popular kids. Like you have like the quarterback mm-hmm. and I don't know, the, Say by the bell characters basically yeah pretty much yeah. And, but then your focus would always kind of shift to the underdog even though they were just wearing like glasses and their hair in a ponytail like maybe a check shirt or something open <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and it, like it's the same with Scream like yeah. none, none of these characters are actually popular kids no. they're just people just I don't know going about their everyday high school life mm-hmm. and it was probably like a little bit in tandem with the grunge scene in America where like mm-hmm. people were sick of seeing like the blonde plastic people succeeding all the time yeah. we just wanted to see really average looking people um, barely surviving yeah. <laughs> and we did yeah. yeah. The, the whole like high school click class team doesn't really come into scream at all like the first victim is the captain football team I guess yeah like there's but besides that you can't you can't really tell who's popular or who's not out of those characters yeah that's that's exactly it like mm. even yeah Randy who's meant to be like the geek is just hanging out with everybody else yeah it kind of yeah I suppose that that is probably a nice kind of part of its innocence 
and that's definitely gone by the time Scream 4 is you know who like the cool kids are and you know so yeah. like social stratification definitely yeah, yeah well like Hayden Pattinair is one of the lead okay. characters in that yeah. and you know that she's like the real cool edgy yeah. chick and she falls for like the movie nerd but they can't tell anyone like it's that whole thing mm. that or yeah. it's like we could never be together we could never possibly be but it's like, <laughs> like you guys can actually yeah, like, <laughs> no one cares like and like Matthew Litter's character is like a super rich kid his house all their houses enormous but his <laughs> yeah. especially like it's like it's true three stories glass everywhere that giant garage yeah all yeah. the ground like he's just a bored rich kid professional rich kid kind of on yeah. the wing of a psychopath <laughs> yeah where yeah. are they where do they all live like yeah. they all have these like gorgeous like um kind of old english homes like mm. just slap bang in the middle of the countryside yeah, just, i just when anyone lives in a house that's the detached i'm like you're rich <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what size it is i'm like if your house is separate from another house mm. good for you yeah if you got a porch oh. a porch swing yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah and like you know like what's that like clapboard but fancy looking on the outside just their houses in like it's like where's the town meant to be like what state is it like new england or somewhere i don't like even know it, it it does yeah i don't know it sort of has sort of like a Californian vibe to it but like even when you see like the like say when they're in the police station downtown like that's not an American city it's, it's not, not it's like a, a midwestern kind of town like when yeah. the, you know the curfew scene where you kind of get a good look at all the streets yeah like people like can walk like everywhere somewhere yeah, yeah. so it, yeah. okay so like middle America it seems to be yeah. but with giant houses everywhere that sounds giant, much smaller if you just moved their houses a bit closer together yeah 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 less less chance for getting murdered yeah yeah We'll talk to the time planners yeah. <laughs> for the next one. Drop another fact. Uh, drop another fact. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the amount of blood that was used. So, oh, yeah. okay, there's a great, uh, again, in the scene where Stu and Billy are, like, showing how they killed everyone and yeah. stabbing each other between the ribs just so. Um, they had to fake injuries beforehand, and they're like, oh, we just use corn syrup like they did in the scene of Carrie. Yeah. Um, so for the amount of blood that was used in each movie... The most blood was used in the first Scream movie. They had 50 gallons of corn syrup blood. Wow. Amazing. Uh, Scream 2, they had 30 gallons of yeah. blood. Scream 3, 10 gallons. There, oh. was only, there was only 10 dead people by the end of... Uh, so it's like a gallon per person in the last one. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. It wasn't a gory movie. It no. was more just kind of figuring out the narrative and yeah. being yeah. the final whodunit. Most of the blood's on Matthew Lillard, I think in the first one that come out of his mouth towards the end yeah <laughs> they must have been so sticky yeah he's just like when you know when he's explaining he's just literally spitting he gets so into it they, they yeah. must have went okay you're spitting all over yourself but we have to leave it in this is this is a good take i wonder so. what he does like i haven't seen him in much except for scream and i saw him in obviously scooby-doo Hmm. Since she's all that, yeah, I and mean, he's in um, that movie without a paddle, which I saw in the cinema. <laughs> cool, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know what else he's been in. But I always like him in everything that I've seen him in. So I'm wondering. I'm like, what? He's in The Good Wife at the moment. Is he he's really? Been, like, he's been in two or three episodes of The Good Wife. Oh, good. He's a yeah. You know, an, like he's an impulsive musician. Um, there's a great yeah. movie called SLC Punk that he's in as well, which is all about just like the punk scene in Salt Lake City, and it's like who's an authentic punker and like who's that just a poser. Great. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, oh, it's like good. totally like right into that category yeah. of yeah. just a trashy teen movie. Whip it on. He <laughs> was also in what's the one Dead Man's Curve? Is that what it's called? No, I don't know. Where oh, if you if your roommate dies in college, you get an automatic A. Yeah, that's him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's getting him and another that's guy an amazing murdering your roommate. For yeah. a film. See, this is the thing. Anything could happen. Yeah. <laughs> happen with the teen movies. Like there is um, 
oh what's the movie I was, it's a terrible movie it's called Teaching Mrs. Tingle it's also by Kevin Williamson where um, Helen Mirren is in it and Katie Holmes is in it and uh, what's his name Barry Watson who played Matt from Seventh Heaven is also in it okay. yeah so all these people um, so he- Helen Mirren is like this like vicious um, high school teacher yeah. just ruins everybody's life and then uh, Katie Holmes Barry Watson and then their pre- friend decide to I don't know like knock her out and tie her up to their bed until she changes their grades and um, like, <laughs> it, it was just so ridiculous but it was just that like perfect level of just like absolute 90s ridiculousness and then a little bit of tension and yeah, um, yeah like yeah fits nicely into that not as good as the rest but if you've got time to kill like I do most <laughs> just watch it yeah it's, it's, it's absolute fodder but like there's no good trashy films really anymore like in that way where you're like like all the popcorn movies are like superhero movies now or like marvel stuff and there's no like just like weird comedy horror things like scream or anything like hostile and soul kind of ruined horror yeah yeah well hopefully it's cyclical hopefully it'll come back yeah. around yeah like there's how many saws are there now it's like seven or something seven. Is it? Yeah. i've never seen any of them but, teeth yeah. was a good movie Oh yeah, vagina yeah. dentata. Yeah. 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 yeah, that was good because it was like I don't think it was meant to be like funny, funny, but like it was funny watching in a room full of guys. Like that was funny, <laughs> but like yeah, Insidious and Insidious Two like were pretty terrifying, and The Conjuring is oh, The Conjuring is so scary. The Conjuring scared the shit out of me. Oh, I, yeah. I actually had to sleep with the light on like yeah, no, for a few nights yeah. after that, <laughs> like for maybe three or four nights. Yeah, it stars Burger. From Sex and oh, yeah. the City, yeah, that yeah. that guy. Fave, yeah. And then moved to this house. Isn't Vera Farmiga in it as well? Yeah, it just has all of those. Oh, yeah. and like the yeah, no, I really the doll. I no, just no. Yeah, um, but it's really good. Like for it does what it sets out to do very well. Yeah, like there does seem to be this. Yeah, is there was this, I saw The Witch recently, and that's like focused. I heard that's good. I didn't enjoy it at all. Oh, no. Yeah, I read recently that it was like one of the best horrors to come out in such a long time but like and i'm an absolute scaredy cat when it comes to yeah. anything involving um ghosts or paranormal activity or like demonic stuff oh cannot, cannot yeah. handle it That's i can like my horror kryptonite where i'm like i can't no 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 um yeah like paranormal activity ruined me yeah like i yeah. will won't even play with the fire of maybe forced? watching the other movies <laughs> because no. that just God, yeah, the final scene, yeah, it just it has stuck with me. I will never recover. Um, Did you find Blair Witch scary then? I only watched I only watched Blair Witch Project for the first time a couple of years ago, um, probably for the reason that I'm absolutely yeah, shit scared yeah. of like anything. Got to do with ghosts. Um, and <laughs> the night that I watched Blair, well, no, yeah, I watched Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity for the first time ever, and then one night, like my heart rate, <laughs> my heart rate was just unbelievable and my housemate knew that I was watching these movies and knew that I was terrified of these things and she was out for the night and my friend um, who I had been watching them in she was like okay I can't really hang around much longer like you're gonna have to be on your own for a while I was like okay Uh, (laughs) so she kind of like left me to it so I just was watching like loads of videos of like cats and things being lovely on YouTube like funny bits of Jimmy Kimmel like yeah (laughs) I was just like oh my god and then because there's we've like a back and a front door and you can just see people coming and the next thing 
I just heard this thump oh. and I was like what like I had a high pitched <laughs> yeah. scream and I looked to the back door and it was my housemate she had thrown her full <laughs> body against the glass door and she and because I was screaming so loudly she was like shh and then I was like but what if that's not actually her yeah. <laughs> so like, that just re- like I like it really it just gets into my brain and never yeah. leaves so like that's why I'm grand with scream just you know bit of a knife yeah. stop yeah. stop yeah. done fine <laughs> yeah. but yeah like well, I'm thinking when it comes to where it's like you know like possession or like oh, levitation stop. or like she's being pulled off a bed by an unseen thing I'm like yeah like these like invisible hands yes, God. No, no 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 yeah or when like someone thinks that there's someone in the bed with them and then the other person's like no I was in the other room I'm like because <laughs> you're like that could be happening me <laughs> who's standing in my corner every night yeah yeah it's yeah it's that it goes, comes back to that whole thing of like that own unknown I don't know presence yeah mm. and then as soon as you put a face to it you're like yeah oh that's nothing so uh, yeah that's kind of like what like I mentioned with Insidious as soon as you see what the like you can never draw what's is terrifying in your own head no and then yeah and then when you see it it's just crap but I think then like going back to Scream yeah um the fact that you know from the very beginning that the murderer is a ridiculous cartoon character yeah Mm. Like but from it's from like the Scooby Doo universe nearly like and there. has like jeans and hiking boots yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know when he puts the thing down you see him in the toilet part. this one is it'll dress yeah and you see yeah. him come down over the jeans and the hiking boots like he's just a, a guy like, oh it's, yeah. it's humanising him <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just the whole suspense of like where you're you're kind of playing hide and go seek with the murderer like you're yeah. just like like in Scream in Scream 2 like there's like this whole scene of um, where they're in a recording booth yeah. so you can you can only hear what's kind of going on on one side yeah. and people can see through what's going on they're like banging against the glass and then you can just see all these things unfold. like that's where like when I was watching it during the week I was just like like my breath I was just holding my yeah. breath I was like what the hell they make it out of here alive but it was Courtney Cox and David Arquette so I know that they make it out of here alive but it was still pretty like that. Yeah, they, they did the suspense just so well um, whereas like now I think the whole thing is just to be as kind of like as gory as possible and the fact that like CGI has such like a presence in movies now as well yeah. that you're just you, you miss that old traditional scaring yeah. factor so like the tension building like I remember when I was like a youngish teenager it was like when all that torture porn stuff was coming out yeah. so like like what you're saying like all the Eli Roth stuff mm. like Hostel and he's like, bad he's a bad oh man oh my god he did a terrible movie recently um, was it Knock Knock oh, I have no idea Oh, yeah. so uh, John Cusack was in it, and oh, it was no. just so bad. It was basically just a movie that was made so that John Cusack could have sex with young, attractive women oh. and oh, murder no. them. Yeah, <laughs> it was just oh, so no, awful. No, 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 no. Yeah, Not bad John Cusack. Bad John Cusack. Yeah, bad. Well, yeah. bad, bad John yeah. Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> I think with the torture porn stuff, like with say scream the paranormal stuff, there's a little adrenaline rush from yeah, well, getting it, from like getting away with horrible. it. But, yeah, it's just. Anybody who's like getting the rush off of that stuff is it's kind of messed up. Yeah, and when you're watching it, and if you are like, uh, like someone who was like statistically, it's more likely to happen to. It's kind of weird watching, like especially when it's like all like re- it's like watching Criminal Minds when it's always like pretty ladies getting kidnapped yeah. by scary guys. You think that even in Criminal Minds, it's always like they'll murder a man and then like an older woman and then they'll rescue. The young attractive one at the end. Like that would be obviously the one they find and rescue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas the other one's like, oh, she'll listen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Men die. What the Watch hell? that body count rise. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was even like the phase, do you remember there was a phase of uh, recreating really horrific uh, Japanese movies and then, yeah, yeah and then like, uh, The mar- Grudge. Yeah, and yeah. The Ring as well. Yeah. Like the, great, the Ring did scare me. The ring like, me. I saw The Ring yeah. in the cinema with my, well, my girlfriend and my wife now and someone from first school was sitting behind her. I know a bit where they opened the cupboard 
and the girl is in there and her head drops down with her mouth open. The person grabbed my wife's shoulder oh, so at that bit. She screamed and we haven't watched any ring or any horror films at all since then. Oh, well done, the friend. 14 years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I've seen none of these films. I haven't seen Insidious, Babadook, Witcher, because my wife just refuses to watch horror films now. Oh. I, we had to walk home past like an abandoned, like a, a closed train station and stuff. And you kind of imagine a hand coming up over the fence and something. We both saw it. Like, it was like, this is definitely not happening. But That is so mean of that yeah. person. <laughs> also so brilliant. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> well, like, that bit scared me so much. Oh, yeah. Like, that's the, the like, worst part. That and the, where, she, where she's coming into television and she only like, jumps forward a frame. Yeah. yeah, the night that the night that I saw the ring for the first time ever, I was sleeping over at my best friend's house, and I was sleeping on the floor, and we, like I was just like sleeping, like I, <laughs> my eyes were just like on stocks, like I cannot sleep, yeah. and I just kept picturing. Do you know when she crawls out of the well? Yeah. I was just picturing just like crawling towards like the the like blow up mattress thing that I was on the floor. And I was like, she's gonna get me. <laughs> Yeah, like at least with Scream, you're like, this is there's some jokes. I don't feel like I feel kind of like oh, like like adrenaline, but like not completely cold and scared inside. Like, yeah. and you're gonna feel like someone got their come up at the end. Yeah. Whereas at the end of the ring, it's like oh, that poor drowned Japanese girl. Yeah, like, yeah, true. yeah, and someone, yeah. and then it ends with someone else watching the video, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, it's like, did you ever see the movie? Is it it's called VHS? Where it's kind of like a similar thing. If you watch um, mm. this like movie, something terrible is going to happen to you. Um, and but there was five movies kind of within that movie, and oh, each okay. one was like, yeah, it was uh, each uh, each movie that they watched then kind of happened in real life or something like that. But um, again, it was just that whole thing of just trying too clever. Like they saw what happened with the ring, with the ring, and they're yeah. like, oh, let's take that idea, that idea, and it. go even, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go even bigger. Yeah. Um, yeah so like, I really feel like we're due like a really good kind of turnaround and kind of horror movies, and uh, just to kind of reset the whole formula yeah. and like get away from all the social media stuff because like there's yeah. one out in America now called Unfriended oh yeah mm. yeah and, and it's, it's like oh scary I'm at my laptop <laughs> probably <laughs> the most horrifying thing that could probably happen at your laptop is I don't know becoming like I don't know a online bride <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean like that could turn out okay <laughs> yeah. your wifi could go that's terrifying yeah wasn't there a Scream era film where like a like a serial killer travelled through cellular phones am I making that one up I feel like there was definitely something to do with like mobile homes as like a conduit to yeah. murder or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was though. Yeah. Oh, actually, I remember what I wanted to talk about. The video shop and Scream. Oh, yeah. I it was huge. <laughs> and nostalgia rushed from that. Yeah. This is that and Gail's giant, giant cellular phone. The only phone in the entire film. Massive phone that yeah. could kill a man if she threw yeah. it hard enough. <laughs> did it have an antenna? It did. Yeah, it was, oh, yeah. It was white a and the size phone. of a brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. wouldn't fit into any human pocket. Yeah. God, no. Not even <laughs> a man's pocket. No, no, sir. No. Um, yeah, it was, it's such like a wonderful time capsule as well. Mm. Just like that whole, like the clothes, the haircuts, um, the way that they, that watching a movie was just like a big group event. Like they're all watching, yeah. um, like in the party scene where it all, where all shit happens. Um, like they're watching Halloween uh, the movie Halloween and they're like oh get to the bit where like Jamie Lee Curtis takes her tits out and they're all watching that and then of course Gail Withers had previously put like cameras into the living room so Kenny her like cameraman is watching all of that footage then mm. in his van so they're all screaming at the tell like he's behind you and then like with the like few seconds delay Kenny can then see that the murder is actually behind them mm. as well so it's just like this like constant great yeah it was like a total like they're just so gimmicky it was wonderful <laughs> I do love a good gimmick. Yeah. It's so satisfying though. 
You're like, that's beautiful. Yeah, Thank seamlessly you for doing that. done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even with like urban legend, which was where they took every single urban legend that we would have told as ghost stories, yeah. like in the schoolyard, they went and made them yeah. real. So like you have like the people like flashing their lights in the cars, which is like initiating a car chase, and then the bit where the two teenagers are like making out and they hear like kind of a scratching on the roof yeah, of the car, the car yeah. and then when they try to drive away, oh my god, they're actually like hanging somewhat. Yeah. Like it's yeah, they they took stories that we already knew and then made them like a fuckload scarier yeah. and now they're so iconic <laughs> well done guys I'm we so watched that at school it. urban legend yeah oh no a, a board religion teacher yeah we had like a charity week every year where you just yeah. like pay a euro and watch something a film in class and one teacher's brought in urban legend what a movie yeah someone else brought in dogma <laughs> and the tin red line the terence malick film we watched like 40 minutes of his four-hour army film for oh, charity right. yeah for charity yeah, yeah. for a good cause we did yeah. it for the kids yeah yeah urban legend though as well like like the role the cast that that, that has okay well it has joshua jackson that i mentioned already and he got like a young fresh face tara reed in it before i really yeah. want to see this now because have you never seen it no. oh my god well the villain in it is yeah. played by rebecca gayhart who's also in scream 2 and she is just such a good like psychopathic killer like oh, yeah. yeah okay yeah and she's one of those people who hasn't really she kind of pops up every now and again yeah and you're like oh it's that girl yeah she's got like really curly hair yeah yeah okay yeah i know i'm gonna have to watch that absolutely it's like one of my t- probably in my top 20 okay we'll go with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm just throwing figures out here yeah. but yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's, it's, it's probably there yeah okay drop us one more fact oh okay Send us off in every movie <laughs> here's another screen fun fact um, in every movie there's a copy of the clerks uh, video scene yeah. in, oh, and yeah. kind of in a couple of scenes and then finally in Scream 3 you have Kevin Smith um, or Silent Bob or Silent Jay was it Bob? Bob. <laughs> Jay Bob. and Silent Bob yeah, yeah Jay and Silent Bob they make an appearance in oh. Scream 3 so it's just a nice kind of uh, it's like Beetlejuice you call him three times and he appears yeah there they are it's like oh yeah. <laughs> hey guys just trench coats yeah. okay Louise final thoughts on Scream um yeah no i would watch it time and time again it kind of if you think it has aged terribly it really hasn't no. it's just it's a absolute caper um, <laughs> yeah pop it on it's on tcm like twice a year so just record it and then it's yours forever <laughs> there we go thank you very much to louise Bruton. go read like this in dublin because it's great and thank you to ellen tannum and goodbye bye 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 <laughs>